I was looking at uh, that 10,000 or the 10 million uh, game and looking at some images and just that like that tile based sprite art is giving me uh, I had to I had to look it up at Rodent's Revenge was this game. Yes. Uh, yeah. We talked about that we before about on the podcast. Wait, wait yeah. a minute. We did? Oh, yeah, no, I think, I think it was like in the same it. context. I think we were like what's the name of that game? We were like Mouse trying to think of like cheese, Chips baby. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> love that game. See, but like, Played so much of that game. Of like sprite art I think has so much character to it. it because, oh, definitely. Because it's yes. so limited. Yes. Oh, like, I see. What, yeah, like looking at. I just saw like a picture of like the grid, and it's like, yeah, very generic. That's that's the thing is that like it, it like it if it was a little bit more stark or even like less polished, then it. Yeah. I feel like it would have more. If character. it was like it more, would, if it was more minimalist, it would it would be better. I if think, it was like John Darnell recording a Mountain Goats <laughs> album on a on his boombox by shouting into the boombox to record onto the tape, like yeah. that level of quality, like ages basically perfectly because there's so low it's there's so almost like, no quality to it yeah That's there's fair. always like that that low level of quality will always exist yeah basically. yeah hey everybody welcome to pursuing pixels my name's kevin portelli and i'm here tonight with john hines hey there and Randall Nolery. Hey, folks. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. And I guess, as always, at least on my part, uh, I'm squeezing in uh, every year we do a holiday episode, which our <laughs> holiday episode for this year will be coming up very soon here, if not, if not possibly next week, <laughs> based on when this episode comes out. But uh, this time, not just me, uh, both Randall and I are cutting it pretty close. I think Randall might have mentioned his resolution game. I, I kind of got uh, sidetracked there. But yeah, every year we record a holiday episode at the end of the year where we kind of talk about our three favorite games that we talked about. Not necessarily that came out that year, but that uh, we play. We talked about on the yeah. podcast over the course of the year or whatever. But yeah. uh, also on that episode, we make a resolution like, hey, our New Year's resolution game, uh, you know, to play for the next year, either something that's been on our back burner or just something that we've been like really wanting to play for a long time, whatever the reason might be. Uh, but yeah, both Randall and I are cutting it close. I cut it close last year as well. I think also on like pretty much the last episode before the, <laughs> the holiday I episode, I think I even had to juggle the episode order around <laughs> a little bit based on when we recorded them to get mine in, but I played it before the end of the year. So, it counts. um, and once again, I'm, I'm playing mine before the end of the year this year. And this is one that we've all, uh, at least spent some time with. I don't think you, neither of you, uh, fired this up recently. Did you, or did you, I John? Did not. I've, I've been playing, I've been too busy playing rogue legacy 2 <laughs> hey i can't blame you when we talked about it last week and again when i was in town visiting you and watching you play some of that i was like man i'm i wasn't even that into the original rogue legacy i liked it fine but like didn't really pull me in and i was like man i need rogue legacy 2 like i really especially like it's just so fun to play a rogue like alongside with somebody yeah. that is also playing it like it reminds sure. me of when dj glenn and i were playing enter the gungeon and uh, there was another game that we got pretty into, but Gungeon is just the the one that I definitely remember just going oh and down well, I guess, uh mm-hmm. as well. But Gungeon had more of like the mystery of like, oh, have you unlocked this yet or have you done this yet? Or I think we also did it whatever, with whatever, but uh Oh, sure, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I kind of I never I didn't put enough time into that game. I mean I played a ton of it, but 
I never beat it or anything, it's and that was that game. was an amazing game. Maybe you can but, make uh, a resolution for it. Next yeah, year. maybe for for next year, maybe next week. We'll we'll see what I end up going with. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I ended up uh, playing some Luigi's Mansion Three. And to be fair, I haven't gotten super far into the game. I've probably played like two three hours. I finally got my Switch hooked up. Uh, been staying with my parents now that I've uh, moved back to Michigan here, and just kind of like for the first month or two, I was kind of like, I'm not gonna unpack all my stuff. It's a little too. Like, I, you know, I'm going to be moving eventually. And I was like, but I want to play some games and like I want to yeah. have some of my stuff. And I've been like digging through some boxes trying to find my capture card. And I was like, it's oh, it's in this box. And then I was like, nope, it's not in that <laughs> one. Oh, it went to Chicago recently, picked up a bunch of my stuff from uh, John and I's band's practice space. And like I was like, oh, it's got to be in one of these. And I dug through them. I was like, nope. And then I'd keep having a revelation like, oh, I think it's in this box. <laughs> nope. And then I went out to the garage the other day to grab a uh, not a beer, but actually a uh, have you guys ever had these poppy sodas? They're, the brand is Poppy. They're kind of like a prebiotic or I, I think it's particularly prebiotic as opposed to probiotic. Oh. But it's like a sort of a kombucha sort of soda thing, but it's like apple cider vinegar based. But they are oh. fucking addicted to these things, man. They're like there's <laughs> a like strawberry a lemon flavor and a raspberry yeah. rose. And they're okay. like they're better than sodas, but they're oh, man, they're so good. There's a, there's a few other flavors too. the watermelon. Right. I was a little disappointed with and I, I do like watermelon. So I was like, ah, I was like, I had high hopes. But anyways, Went out there, saw this box, and I had another revelation. I was like, I think the capture card's in there. And I opened it up, and like my Xbox One was in there, the controllers, nice. bunch of my extra cables, found the capture card. So nice. I was like, okay, I'm getting the Switch dock out, and I'm hooking it up. But let me hook the capture card. Because for I was like, if I do any streams or videos, I'm just going to stick to PC stuff. But I was missing, uh, you know, I was playing Switch handheld here and there, but I was just missing having it hooked up and playing properly. And yeah, but before we started recording, I was talking about a few of the games that I've been jumping around to but the main thing that uh i fired up initially uh after i grabbed my copy from chicago from our band's practice space uh was luigi's mansion 3 uh i really have never played much of any of the luigi's mansion series i've played a little bit of the first one and i know i own the second one on 3ds i can't uh dark moon or whatever it's called i can't recall if i've played much of it like I, i know i've played a little bit of it uh here and there but i think it it was mostly the first one on gamecube the series that is but yeah luigi's mansion 3 i'm not super far in i've probably played three hours or so i just got like a little bit past where you like unlock the gooigi ability where you can like (laughs) turn like create like a second like kind of like slime goop version of luigi that can like pass through different so like right away i was like oh man there was like an area i saw earlier and i really like how the game is structured the only thing that's kind of been scaring me off so far is like as soon as i mentioned that i was playing (laughs) oh my god walked right into that one yes did um but uh, as soon as i mentioned that i was playing this like in our discord and whatever like everyone's like oh great gamer on twitter i even like just made a post of like a clip from while i was playing and like right away everyone's like oh i love that game but oh it overstays its welcome and i'm like man i usually think a game that's like three hours overstays its welcome <laughs> right. so like i'm a little bit nervous here but and and even just from the little bit i've played and with that context from the people that have kind of chimed in or whatever i'm like okay i can sort of see how i've like cleared two or three floors of this like hotel and based on the elevator buttons that are missing that i have to unlock along the way there's like quite a few more so it's oh, like yeah. okay yeah i can see how this game is going to be like 30 40 hours but that said man number one the production values i think that kind of goes without saying like for any kind of first party nintendo title but especially with this one kind of leaning into the slightly more like cinematic approach i guess to the gameplay because it kind of feels almost more like a point and click adventure even though there's Mm -hmm. definitely some action to the gameplay but just like the 
the structure and the way you kind of explore and kind of break things out one layer at a time. It just kind of has that kind of feel and flavor, but with a little more, um, you have a little more agency as you play the game. You know, there is like kind of action. There's like boss battles and stuff like that um, that get pretty action. But one thing right away that I was really impressed with was like the tutorialization in the game. Like right away, it like kind of has you like teaching you how to use the poltergeist, the vacuum when you first get it. And it kind of like just shows you like the little ghost poochies like running around and it's like, hold down this button and you can kind of tell that it sucks poochie in. Hold down a different button. It blows them away. And then hold down something else and something else happens. And then it's just like, do you feel comfortable with what you've learned? And you can click yes or no. I don't know what happens if you click no, because I was like, oh, nice. I get it. Maybe if you click no, it walks you through like a more step by step tutorial or something. But I was just like, man, that's very un Nintendo. Usually it's like, do this and this, you know, walk you through every single step of the process as opposed to like, oh, do you get it? Nice. Okay, let's move along. And I was pretty impressed with like the onboarding process. I got pretty sucked into like the opening cutscenes, and like I really love like the Virtual Boy like uh, menu system where like the I think it's just called like the VB or something. And like I don't know, but it, it's a pretty one thing. Like the first thing I thought was like this would be a really fun game to play with. Like I've talked about uh, gaming with like my little cousin Drew in the past on yeah. the podcast. It's like this would be really fun to play with him, and it would probably be fun for him to like watch me play. But th- it is a pretty complex game, like yes, both in yes. the terms of like the, the control the puzzle scheme. solving, but the control scheme. Yeah. yeah, especially whether you're using gyro or not, like using the right stick to like rotate Luigi around either clockwise or counterclockwise and then point up or down with the flashlight. Yep. Juggle between the uh, poltergeist and the flashlight and then like juggle between Guigi, which you have to like click on the right stick and then like double click to unactivate. Like there's a lot of tricky stuff going on. And I guess like if. You're just getting onboarded into video games like, hey, this is the first game you play, you might just get it um, if it's just walking you through it. But I was like, man, this is pretty complex. I was like kind of felt like I was battling the controls a little bit. But that said, like even in like some of the kind of boss bat mini bosses that I've faced off with so far or whatever, like it ne- I never felt like it was hindering me from like progressing in the game. Like I took some damage here and there, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm about to get a game over feels pretty lenient on the difficulty stuff but yeah. i don't know it's a, it's a really good mix of like i really love exploring i really love the vibes like just how like dark uh not necessarily like tone but just like the aesthetic like it's so like shadowy like it really feels like you're like exploring this kind of like spooky empty mansion and like i don't know I, I've, I've really been enjoying it so far and i you know knowing me i don't know if i'm gonna finish the game realistically but I want to like there's part of me that's like, man, I really want to play this. I really want to because I remember even firing up the original Luigi's Mansion on GameCube and thinking, man, this game looks amazing for that era. Like Mm -hmm. and that was a launch title, if I'm not mistaken. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like, hey, we don't have a Mario game. So here's this thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like the only things that I would maybe complain about other than like maybe the, the few nitpicks I've had so far is like it does. I don't know how much money is going to come into play because I don't even think I've unlocked like the shop just yet. Um, there, there seems to be like a shop in the menu or when you go to like EGAD's laboratory or whatever, but, um, shoot, I sort of lost my train of thought there. Money coming um, to play. Oh yeah. The money, like, cause like th- there's like coins, like pretty much anything you touch or move, like kind of in this kind of like when you're playing like professor Layton and you're just like tapping everywhere on the screen. Like, is there something here, 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 here? Like you can just basically just blow your vacuum and your flashlight everywhere and there's money everywhere and you can sit <laughs> yeah. around and vacuum everything vacuum everything up and part of me is like 
I don't want to miss any money because I want to buy upgrades or whatever I'm going to need this money for. But at the same time, it's like, do I really need to find do I really need to sit around and find every last dollar bill and coin? Because some of the the bills like have this weird like physics to them where oh, yeah. you have mm-hmm. to like really kind of like suck them in and aim at them perfectly. And it, it can be a little tedious at times. So like apart from that aspect of the gameplay and maybe i'm gonna get to the first time i can buy something and go oh shit i'm i have way too much money and i you know because i've pretty much been uncovering and unturning any stone i come across but i don't know i'm I'm really enjoying like again like i said i just got a little bit past where i unlock guiji and i can already think of a few previous locations where i'm like oh i could go through that fence there or oh i could sneak through that grate or maybe i can go through that like fan over here or I don't know, just like I really like how the game's coming together and like how it's structured and how them like each floor of the hotel is almost its own level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really liking how the whole package is put together. And again, I don't have a ton of experience with the series. It seems like it's mostly more of the same from from what I have seen and, and played. But I don't know. What, what do you two both think about, I guess, Luigi's Mansion 3, but the the series in general as well? Um, well, I guess, I, I, <laughs> I, I was trying to think, cause like we've, it, I, I meant to play like, as soon as you mentioned that you were going to play this game, I was like, oh man, I really want to come back to that game, but I really haven't since the last time we talked uh, about it on this podcast, which was yeah. probably like two years ago at that point. It's been a while. Point. Yeah. And like, I honestly, the things that I remember most about it was like, I did love that it was, uh, like uh, I know that we've kind of said like this as to mean something completely different on this podcast before, but like it is kind of diorama like where you yeah. know everything is set up, but it's an open world diorama, so it's not so much yeah. like a self-contained level, which is what two was and what was I was kind of a little bit disappointed with Dark Moon, where it was like every level was its own instance, so like the it would be within the same like level but you know maybe this uh, hallway is blocked off or this stairway is inaccessible and like the same location would be slightly different in each level so like i really liked having the exploration where it's like oh no you just need a new ability to get through this area or defeat this boss or do this sequence of events and it'll unlock the next area so i liked that aspect of it but honestly the thing that like i remember most of like as terms of like a nitpick was just like i remember the menus being really bad or like really like poor quality where i was like (laughs) this doesn't seem like a first party nintendo game like everything else does but i remember being like like entering into the game i remember like oh this feels kind of like i don't know like they do lean into that well, they do lean into that like virtual boy <laughs> they aesthetic do. a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit too much. Like I maybe I haven't dove into the menus enough to feel like I don't recall feeling like it was lacking. But because I did like how you could like look at the map and zoom in and but like, like kind of look at your everything else was stuff. great. So like it was just like something that like stuck out, stood out to me where I was like, yeah, that just seems weird that like in a game where everything else seems like so like stylized that like that was the thing that i remembered and but it's yeah. such a weird thing to remember i don't know the only time nintendo acknowledges the virtual boy after its death <laughs> and it's for something yep. like that when it's like the worst part of the game yep. <laughs> where's my 3ds virtual boy games god damn it yeah oh. give me that virtual anyway, console baby side rant 
Yeah. But what about you, Randall? What's your uh, Luigi's Mansion experience, whether with three or or the series? I uh, played a lot of. Well, I don't know about a lot. I've I got to like four or five floors. I want to say back when it came out, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I I did try to pick it back up. Uh, when I went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, that was another game that I brought ah, with me. Nice. And I, I popped that in a little bit, but I'm like, ooh, man, this control scheme, I got to get <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say it's probably a tough one to just oh. like pick up. That's part of me is like, if I'm going to keep playing it, I better keep doing it now because I'm mm-hmm. not. there's no way I'm going to come back to this one six months later. No, yeah, that's a little bit of a rough on-ramp again there. To, and then I'm like, oh, no, and uh, which way was I supposed to go? Did I already explore all of this? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about, yeah, just the where <laughs> have I been yet. I mean, it it does have like an objective like if you pause there's like it just shows you what your next objective is but yeah if you haven't played in a year yeah (laughs) it's probably not gonna help you out that much because they're sort of vague it's not like just strictly go here right and it's not like at least when you're uh playing the story in the game it's not like oh then you're going directly to the next floor on this level it's like oh this like unlocked this secret path that leads between floors or something so you kind of Ooh, yeah, I, I yes. can't imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it it definitely has me worried again with how everybody's instant reaction was great game, really long. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, that I'm already like just seeing all the empty elevator buttons. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and the I floors, want- I'm assuming, are only going to get bigger and more complex and tougher puzzles. And, you know, but, but it's really fun. So like, expo- like uh, I really do want to get back to it. But uh, I don't well, know. Well, it's really Same. fun like because it's 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 kind of weird playing a Nintendo game. That's like really kind of set piece driven, you know? Yeah. So like it is like, I mean, you can explore around pretty freely, almost open world style, like you said, but like you like, you got to solve each set before you can really move around. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you are kind of like restricted to going in the certain order and like triggering certain events to happen or certain boss battles. I don't know. It's just like, the way it guides you through the game is really cool. I'm really yeah. enjoying like the pacing and the, I don't know. It's just not often you play a Nintendo game and, and because it is a little bit more like kind of tight, can't, they're not like, they don't need to accommodate for the camera moving all over the place. Like they're right. able to really, right. I think the visuals are just beautiful. Like it's a really, really good looking game. It's kind of like funny one of those, that way, like cinematically, it's kind of like like a Resident Evil, like the old Resident Evils yeah. or something where it's like a set perspective a lot of times. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and in a way, it's almost like sort of like a, a parody of those games in a, yeah. in a way, but yeah. like leaning into the mechanics of them, whether like Silent Hill or Resident Evil, whatever. But it's like kind of like Nintendo's take on them, but like just throwing Luigi in there and being like, yeah, let's add a little silly you know, humor element to the mix as well. Mm-hmm. And with one of the best fishing mechanics in any game. That's it is fair. a great, like that tug of war. Yeah. Thing yeah. is really fun. That and then you get to do good. like, I, like every time, cause you start like slamming the oh, ghost yeah. back and forth. And I'm just thinking <laughs> of like razor Ramon. Nobody messes with the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> in WWF superstars or whatever that game was. Uh, but oh man, it's just, and it's really cool how you can like grab ghosts and then like slam them into other ghosts. And yeah. Use that new oh. like uh, suction cup ability where you can like grab stuff, but it, it can be a little bit tedious at times. Like, man, I have to like, Again, back to that professor. Yeah, then you need thing. to like, I'm like try I'm suction it. cupping right. every single thing in the room. Yes. Does that does it stick to that? Can I throw it? Can I move it? It yes. sticks, but I can't move it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think maybe that's I'll what get more killed powerful my momentum. Later. I better. 
Yeah, yep. just like you're just checking every nook and cranny because there, in a lot of cases, there is stuff. Like I kept like staring. There was this one gem hidden, and I was like, I, I must have to come back for this later. And then I finally found like this plank on the wall that I could suction cup and then rip apart. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. I don't know if this is true or if I'm just misremembering it, but I do feel like uh, at a certain point, coins stop spawning. And okay. if it, that is any indication on how finely tooth I like combed every single thing <laughs> where the game was just like, no, we're not. You're not getting any more coins. No, you can't. That's almost there's good nothing to know left. for me, at least. That's for my brain. I'm just like, OK, nice. Maybe I don't have to be so obsessed. So you can move like, on if, now. if I find yeah. out that like I need the money for something, then I'll start scouring. But like until I open the shop. Uh, which I'm kind of surprised I haven't yet. I feel like I've cleared three or four floors now, so I'm like, I'm pretty surprised that I haven't. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a little bit past the Guiji moment, so I'm definitely planning on playing more because I really want to experience a few more of those puzzles. And it sort of feels half-assed to be like, oh, my resolution game, I played it for a couple hours. Okay, see ya. <laughs> uh, not that I haven't done it before, but... Hey, you played um, it, though. When, yeah. But yeah, I, I am glad I fired it up, and it does have me kind of wanting to like go back and play more of the first one, and and particularly I remember people really like raving about Dark Moon as well. So yeah, um, it had really cool 3D effects for 3DS. That's probably the one I played the most, and and maybe that was just a, a product of a time and place more than yeah, anything you else, had but, it at the right time, yeah. and yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's how a lot, that's how a lot of these games like adventure type games work for me. It's just like if I happen to fire it up when I'm in the right mood. Then I get sucked in, but otherwise I play a little bit and that was cool and move on. So Cause shoot, I remember like GameCube launch, some review outlets were not kind to the first Luigi's Mansion. Oh, yeah. They were very pissed that it was not a Mario game. And I did not pick that game up at launch because of that. Like I picked yeah. up Wave Race Blue Storm and I think the first Monkey Ball might have been at launch. Hmm. So like maybe, that was, yeah, you know, yeah. That was kind of the extent of it, you know. Oh man, Blue Storm. I just played the original Wave Race on uh the Switch Online recently. Oh, right, yeah. Pretty yeah. dang fun. They pretty dang fun. Yeah, Wave Holds Race. Holds up pretty well. Is incredible. Give me another one yeah. of those. Yeah, Blue Storm wasn't bad, but it just felt so heavy, like the uh, it just missed the mark <laughs> a little bit. I agree. It didn't quite feel the same. It like it's a decent game in its own right, but yeah, I don't know. It just didn't have that arcade like yeah. flavor to it or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like and Wave was, Race feels like a Sega game almost on 64. Oh, yeah. That's like it feels kind of like a, a Daytona. Yeah, it has like that right Daytona that. energy. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, I think it is why I like it too. I, I <laughs> had never thought about that until just now, but I was just thinking about some of that Sega stuff and I was like, yeah, it really does have that like go. Like oh, yeah. announcers are just very nothing Sega. but energy. Just yeah. unrelenting energy. Yeah. But uh, well, speaking of Sega, why mm -hmm. don't we uh, toss the ball over to Randall's uh, New Year's resolution from uh, this year as well? I love that I'm not the only one squeezing it under the wire. <laughs> I know, and it's it's kind of my <laughs> fault. Um, well, you've you've put yeah. in some time like before, like, yeah, it's like it's, you're just it, playing it now. I could have I could have talked about this uh, a long ways back, and I probably should have because I, I was playing a lot more of it at, <laughs> at one point. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I started playing it basically like almost right after I said I wanted to play this for my New Year's resolution. I started yeah. playing it, and then this this game called Elden Ring uh, came out. And <laughs> that's I, what did it. That, uh, I should have known that's what did it. Yeah. Uh, more. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that in the holiday episode, though. Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, this game might get a little mention, too. But uh, Ooh, um, Nice. 
Panzer Dragoon Saga, 1998, Sega Saturn, Team Andromeda. Um, it's four discs. It's uh, <laughs> They released it because PlayStation was putting out RPGs, as was the custom at the time, and uh, they felt the need to do it themselves. Uh, and it's weird because the other Panzer Dragoons are all rail shooters a la Star Fox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, well, I wonder why they chose this series or whatever. They needed an RPG, and I guess they, they were willing to do it with that. And, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, but it kind of works. I'll be honest. You know, it's like, it's it's a little strange because, you know, rail shooter, like how much backstory or like thematic stuff have you really built up over time with rail shooter games? But there kind of is some there to poke around at with those other first two Panzer Dragoon games. So they kind of expanded on that and kind of it's more kind of you're in that world a lot like different Star Wars properties. It might not be the same characters, but you're in that same, you know, world and kind of vibes, I guess I would say. Right. OK. You know? OK. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in my head, I know it's probably totally different, but in my head, I'm almost sort of picturing like maybe what Nintendo was going for with Star Fox adventures. Like, oh, it's like Star Fox, but. You know, it, the same characters, I, I, sort of different, I guess, same characters, but in like the world in a different perspective and a different sort of. Yeah. And in a different genre there, too. Right. You know, yeah. Same, yeah. Same deal. And they're, they're trying to do a Zelda like in that case. You know? So yeah. what for someone who their only background on Panzer Dragoon is that you it is a rail shooter where you are riding a dragon. You are riding a dragon. And yeah, that a is the extent of my knowledge of this series. <laughs> so this like, was probably my most. I own uh, Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon's Way or Zwei yeah, or whatever. Zwei, yeah. Um, but I never owned them at the time. But we did have a Sega Saturn growing up, and I played Panzer Dragoon like they had like the first level on a demo disc, yep. and I played the crap out yep. of that and Bug. Those mm-hmm. were like the two games that I just played the demos of endlessly. But beyond that, I it was just like a almost like a game that like existed in my mind almost yeah. it felt like like i'm just like fantasizing about this dragon shooter game but it was i loved that demo oh yeah so get what is the like ball or like the very zoomed out version of what this game is like the plot or anything what what saga is in particular yes yes in particular uh uh a uh, boy um is rescued by a, a dragon uh, amongst uh, kind of a wartime environment that's very like desolate and desert and everything else. And uh, you come to find out that there's a couple of different um, warring factions in that region, um, the Empire and this Black Fleet. And, uh, you know, you, at that point, you're kind of you have no allegiance to either uh, you're just kind of on your dragon and you're you're kind of making your way through and finding other random people that might not have such strong allegiances to either side too. Um, and in the meantime, you're, you're running up against one or the other of those factions, both of which don't trust or like you and you fight them separately. And sometimes they also come into contact with each other and don't like each other. So it's, you know, there's, there's kind of, uh, some layers there for, hmm. for the time period. Um, and it's all, uh, voice acted in Japanese, um, Ooh, you know, nice. 
it, which actually is nice because, you know, of the time, a lot of the um, English dubs that were happening. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 98 was not a stellar time for dubs. <laughs> no. Not to mention then like compressing it onto a CD-ROM when they're like already pushing the system to the yes. absolute limits. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've got like just whatever developer in a corner was the guy like, come over here, Jeff, and record yeah. some lines <laughs> to be the main character. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh no! It, thankfully, it was it's Japanese with just you know subtitles at the bottom, and and they did a good job. Like the voice actors did a good job, considering that this is a game that at least in America came out as one of the very last Sega Saturn games with a very limited print run and did mm. not sell very well. Um, kind of like the quote unquote song, a swan song of the Sega yeah. Saturn, you know. So it, it, I'm just glad it existed, uh, was able to come out over here uh, in the first place. Yeah. So is there anything like that is like particularly sets it apart or like even as a, like a JRPG or like ties it to the previous two rail shooter games? Is there yeah, anything was, like more like instead of I don't yeah, I, have no I was just idea. wondering the same thing. Yeah, I was just wondering the same. Yes, thematically, definitely, as far as, you know, you're still riding a dragon um, and, and getting into battles, although those battles uh, go completely differently. Um, but the similarities are, you know, you're riding a dragon, you're in kind of similar themed environments, I would say. Um, and uh, otherwise, the, the kind of thing that sets Panzer Dragoon, you know, as a series, I guess, apart from, say, like Star Fox is... You know, it's a rail shooter, like, say, the first two and, and Orta 2 on, on the original Xbox. It's a rail shooter, um, but you don't just look forward. You can kind of look to the side or look behind you and shoot. So oh. you ha there's four different directions that you can kind of pay your attention to and where enemies can come up on you, essentially, uh, at any hmm, given time. I kind of forgot time. about that. Yeah, that, that, I always remember thinking that was really cool when you could, like, turn to the left or right and just kind of see, like, oh, shoot, these enemies are, like, coming up from the side. Like, yes. Just a really Oof. cool, like, cinematic flavor yeah, uh, it, that it added to the and, game. And all of them have that kind of cin cinematic flavor, and I think that really comes into play in Saga. They really lean yeah. into that, that cinematic design, and it still does that, you know, um, you know, attack from the side or attack from behind but instead of being you know just rail shooter action action it turns into kind of like hybrid not quite turn-based more kind of like wait until your meter builds type of um rpg okay. battle system which is really addictive it's extremely well done um it's okay. probably that the sounds main cool as hell that game. sounds so, really sweet yeah it's yeah. so bad it, I would say almost like the closest comparison, like rail shooter wise to the first game, at least from my memory, like it kind of reminds me of Res a little bit. It yeah. might even be is the Res developer the same developer? I know it's no. Sega, but uh, but it would not person. surprise me if if there's there's some direct influence. Yeah. 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 Because oh, yeah. just something about like the reticle and the oh, aiming yeah. and the way you kind of lock onto targets and like, yeah. Yes, which is definitely Not as rhythm driven. Res definitely pulls. I you know has to have been influenced by the the more action oriented Panzer Dragoons with the like lock on reticle and release a whole bunch of yeah, lasers at yeah. the same time sort of effect, which is always satisfying, right? Yeah, you know where you just you have that like free flowing reticle with your you know analog stick and, and you've like yeah, let it all it's go. It's so and, good. 
Yeah, even in just, uh, even in ecstatic from uh, Punk Cake, which I know I talked about on the podcast, totally different type of game. But you have that like reticle, like with the cursor with your mouse, like yeah. Just, oh, let me just lock onto ten enemies. Yeah. release the button. Boom. Feels it's just great. So satisfying. Yes. In any type of game. It is. Guys, I miss rail shooters. Me too. Hey, yeah, I love me rail too, shooters. Man. It's one and of my. Ma- you're making me genres. really want to play. You're making me really want to play Orda. But this is pr- honestly probably the most uh, it, like interested that I've ever been in Saga because I've always just heard like, oh, it's like the JRPG Panzer Dragoon game, and I just kind of wrote it off. Well, I don't like RPGs, you know. Right. But now I'm like, oh, it has like a super interesting, like unique battle system that isn't just a. I like. I just assumed it was like you know, a regular Final Fantasy-esque game, but just set in, like, I wasn't expecting you were flying the dragons around still. And And there's many layers to the battle system. Um, So I was talking about how you can go in these, you know, you can look in front of you or behind you, um, but you can also move your dragon essentially in four separate sectors, either kind of, and it's broke out into, like, say there's, it's just like a radius circle, and then there's, like, top, right, bottom left and you can move your dragon around and in each one of those on this little mini radial map there's different colors you know if it's clear or green it's a good place for your dragon to be if it's red get the hell out of there but it takes some of your if you're moving your meter that you need to attack with is not growing so you oh, need to basically okay, place okay. yourself in a safe enough place. Okay. So there's the, a risk reward. Constant this risk reward. So yeah. Good. Yeah. This, this sounds awesome. It's, I can, it's, yeah. I, I was just like assumed. Oh, this game's just a jumbled mess. No, this sounds amazing. Yeah. And then you can choose to attack either with you have a handgun which you can upgrade or add different attachments to that you can buy or find, or your dragon has their their basic kind of homing reticle attack which you can use which your 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 mana bar your your bar that you're growing has three separate tiers so you can do different attacks based on how much that meter grows right so like a regular handgun attack might take only one out of three of your meters but if you want to do a berserk attack uh which is what i typically lean on um there's also a whole separate thing i could get into where (laughs) you can decide what you want your dragon to be whether it's more attack based defense based spiritual yes. based which is these berserk special attacks or agility based where you can move very quickly between those different sectors um while you're in battle um anyway that aside uh <laughs> you know if you get to that at least second bar of meter or more that's when you can unleash your berserk attacks which take essentially your your magic points um it's you know and once you've you know gotten that second bar it takes both of those bars down back to zero but you're unleashing this big attack that might clear and you're also being graded at the end of each battle for how much damage you took how quickly you won if you do it quickly enough and you know successfully enough you might get an extra item and they'll say like great you know great battle or close call if you like almost okay. if you took too much damage and almost died um there's if you let your meter go all the way up to the third level because it's an enemy that doesn't cause you too much um you know danger and you know they're they're not as attack heavy that'll allow you to go yeah. all the way to the third level and as a spiritual based dragon which i normally was it allows me to refill those mana points uh, so like there's all kinds of these little systems on systems within the battle system that are, it's just 
it's really like you can replay the same type of battle over and over again and it's interesting every time well, that's kind of like we were talking about before we started recording the episode proper, but like the Mario and Luigi and the Paper Mario games, like just like how much more of that adds, just having like yes. a little bit more. I, I know those are more like kind of the, have action driven prompts, and I don't know if this game has stuff like that as well, but like not just a little fully, more depth but... to the combat where, yes. again, you're not just going in and like like in Pokemon, just tackle, tackle, tackle. Like in, in certain games, it's just like I can pretty much just attack my way through these battles or, yeah. you know, as long as I yep. level up in a decently appropriate fashion, I don't really need to think about my approach to these battles much until I maybe get to like one of the main bosses or something. Right. Um, so I don't know when it when Yeah. When a game an RPG can make every battle engaging, it's like, okay, but how does, are they random battles or do they, does it work? Like an enemy will kind of just swoop in on you while you're flying. And then it like, shifts no, it's, gears it, it's random. It's random battles. So like, that's, you know, that's more a sign of the times that it's, it's random battles. Okay. You don't see the enemy most often than not, unless it's a big boss or something like that. Right, You're not going right. to see it. So, you know, there is that downside, I guess, but you know, I never mind getting into the boss battles cause then I'm getting more the experience battle, in them. Yeah. And when the battles are fun, a random battle isn't really a chore. It's only exactly. in like Pokemon when you're like, I'm just looking for like one specific thing or I'm, you know, I'm just trying to find this Pokemon or, you know, whatever. That's when it gets tedious. Cause it's like, I don't really need to think about these battles. And then you get to the gym and I'm already over leveled cause I explored too much and right. You know, I don't know. This, this sounds great. This is definitely making me think. Cause uh, if you're, if you're not aware Panzer Dragoon saga, this is one that uh, Randall's wife, Tina got for him uh, as a gift, like years and years, years ago, but it is a ago. pricey video game at this <laughs> point in time. So yes, it is. You, you definitely have me thinking like, all right, is there a good Sega Saturn emulator out there? I kind of want to try this game, man. I mean, that would be the um, way to do it because they lost the source code to this game. So oh, like, the re-release no. is not ever likely to happen. Um, yeah. Unless it's been, unless they build it from the ground up and you know, that's probably not going to happen. So, but yeah, like great art direction. Awesome. Awesome soundtrack. Like I said, very moody. It's very much like a, like a gray skies winter sort of game vibe to it. I okay. would say, nice. you know, it's, it's just got that going on. Um, but not in it, like a, not in like a, like a try hard edgy way, just in a, just moody laid back sort of way. Um, you know, that there are, you know, I've been singing a lot of praises. There are on foot sections that have not aged super well, <laughs> where you have to go into towns and, you know, you're walking around and you have, like we talked about a point and click adventure. It's, it almost is a little bit that because you have this yeah. reticle that you're moving around in those sections to look Ooh. at stuff, you know, whether on walls or otherwise. And, right. You know, like right. a DS game, free. but on a Sega Saturn. <laughs> yes. Right. Basically. Right. Yes. Professor Layton on the Sega Saturn. Basically, yes, um, but maybe a little clunkier and less streamlined. <laughs> um, and then some, even like getting around and like, is that a path or not? You know, because some of the, like the 3D warbly effects that happens in like 32-bit 3D games. It's just like this is uh yeah, or this even is, in like final fantasy 7 you're yeah. like is this like pre-rendered like is that a path can i go up that mm-hmm. like slope over there or is that just like to look cool and there's like there isn't really necessarily that much pre-rendered it's just like it's boy it's like you can tell it's kind of barely Difficult holding to together at the seams in some of these like areas <laughs> it's like the saturn was not made for 3d they just made no. it work because that's just what the industry like which demands. is sony is playstation cool has 3d itself. we need it yeah like impressive on its face yes no it can definitely and and some of those games that kind of super blurry like chunky 
pixelated 32x 3d whatever can look kind of cool and it adds like a texture to the games that like there aren't like playing a nintendo 64 game and playing a game on a 3d game on saturn is like night and day like they just (laughs) don't it's just a different feel i don't know it's kind of cool to see the evolution i guess it is and yeah and like it's kind of weird going back because i don't necessarily like i was there at the time but i didn't have a saturn at the time or even a playstation at the time i had a 64 at that time so right. yeah, it's kind of interesting to go back that way too. But uh, now I'm playing it through SCART, so at least it's clean, you know, looking, and that makes it a little bit easier to see what I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like I said, I will talk about this on on our on our holiday episode. That's for Beautiful. sure. Beautiful. I'm I'm really happy to yeah. hear that because I I feel like you know a lot of times these like classic and and especially like the sought after maybe they're not necessarily classics, but they're just like rare collector, you know hard to find whatever like they're a lot of times not necessarily great games you know they're just kind of like oh they're it's just a rare collectible thing that yeah. didn't get many copies made and because of that it fetches a pretty penny but it's cool when like oh it actually like this game warrants some like historical value or holds some historical value in the sense of like it's in, an interesting game you know i definitely think so regard. yeah and i'm trying not to conflate all of that like legacy and even the mm-hmm. cost of it now with like the game it is um yeah but I still it's think so it easy to do up. that like this game's a like everybody loves this game or it's a you know it's super rare it's got to be awesome it's so easy to get caught up in that for like sure. even if this was like a 15 buck saturn game that you could find in a bin i'd be like y'all should check this out you get you'd be like you got to round out your panzer dragoon uh trilogy (laughs) yeah yeah nice well yeah i'm excited you got me wanting to fire up any game in the series at this point to be honest because i'm just like ah rail rail shooters like john was saying all about it but yeah why don't we uh kick it over to john for uh what you've been playing lately i know you fired up something that's been sitting in your library for uh for a hot minute the complete opposite of a legacy game <laughs> that, <laughs> that should be played to really see what that was at like pushing the boundaries of game design at its time yeah. I, I so i this game has been on my uh, in my Steam library for a long, long time, and it's been something that I probably put on my wish list before I broke my computer. That then I was <laughs> computerless for a decade, and <laughs> like then when I like got access to a PC again, I was like, oh, you know, I never played this game, and I remember hearing about it a decade ago and it is the game 10 million and it's just written out as like the number so it's like one zero comma zero 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 comma zero 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 and it i believe originally came out as a mobile game and then got ported over to steam and it is i think a very indicative of what like indie game design was circa like 2012 or so especially like mobile games like it wasn't a very rich and like it it, you got a lot of like indie developers that were you know there there wasn't as much of a like it was there was a lot of untrod ground, mm-hmm. and so people were yeah, just like just unexploring uncharted territories. It felt like sort of oh yeah. exactly it was so way like, wild west. So yeah. playing this game now in the year twenty twenty two is <laughs> like wow. There are a lot of just decisions that just would not be made. 
today. Like it's what the game is, is it is a match three roguelike where oh. you are. And it's, I, I think, a quintessential uh, uh, phone game because it is something that you would play on your commute and you're just trying to get to a high score of 10 million. And that is when you beat the game. And as you okay. do, like you are a little, your character that is very rudimentary pixel art, like sword and sorcery, like proportions, but not with that level of style. Um, okay. Yeah. And you are like just Atari. Yeah. Or a Commodore, like Pitfall, yeah. like that era. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And stick, stick figure pixel art, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And you are, your character is running along a bar at the top of the screen above the like match three grid and your character will run into enemies and as you're like the time will slow down as you encounter an enemy and you will start to move your character will start to move to the left and once your character reaches the end of the like screen your that run like ends and you like get your total points for that so you're trying to match uh, staves for casting spells or swords for casting that or shields to like slow the rate that you're moving left or items and such. Okay. So All there's right. and and then you're also gaining uh you can match ore and a wood and that will let you rebuild the starting area which will give you more buffs which will make Ooh. you stronger. So like okay, this game sounds awesome. I like that. <laughs> it's like the 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 core concept is really good good and the like actual like mechanics of playing the game like you have to play on steam with a mouse and okay it, i it is so obviously better controlled on a phone with like just touch like dragging screen, just kinda, <laughs> yeah it's so much different like having to move a cursor across the screen as opposed to just being able to point and touch at any yes. point on the screen at like kind of a blink of an eye almost you know exactly so like it is a game that was made in the exact point in time and it is just like a good concept and like a solid like thing and all you needed was that and you had a hit on the app store and that's all right. you needed <laughs> and like playing it now it's like okay i'm in the front air i'm in the beginning area and i can't just enter into any of the rooms i have to have my character walk across the screen to enter the room that will like <laughs> lead to the upgrades i'm like this is this isn't this isn't a thing that makes the game bad but this is just a mind-boggling choice today yeah quality well, of life decision yeah especially yeah. for a roguelike or any game where you're just like playing you know hours on end or run yep. after run or whatever it might be and like little things where it's like oh this like the music is mixed at a level that I probably wouldn't do it. And the loop is not clean at all. Oh, and, like, that makes me more mad than that. I'm just, maybe it's the audio or musician in me, audio engineer, but I'm just like, why, how can they not, whether it's in a commercial or a game, I'm like, come on, get that edit clean. Yep. And it's, it's none of these are necessarily like bad or like even egregious levels of like, like little nitpicky flaws, but like, if this game, if this concept was made today, like the level of polish that is just like bare minimum, like expected of every indie game is yeah. so much higher than it used to be like oh, a yeah. decade ago. Yeah. And it, I didn't really feel that for a lot of the other games that I, 
like I don't know played from that era like that usually it's like oh you know like graphics got better or like things got a little bit more polished but like this was the first game that I was like yeah this definitely came from a different era of indie games <laughs> like and we talked a little bit about it how like we were talking about the uh Faerun collection which yeah. was an- another like uh, ios game that was uh like a legend of zelda meets ease or what however you pronounce Ooh, the y yeah you are correct <laughs> yeah talking my language like, yeah all yeah the, you just move into enemies and yeah. if you were strong so enough it's you like roguelike kind of like in the, the roguelike combat where you're just like move yes, up the down left right rogue. if you move into an enemy yeah, yeah. yes roguelike as in it is like rogue <laughs> and not <laughs> like it has <laughs> has the functions of but that's amazing like i remember also like playing Faerun and being like yeah this does feel like an older indie game like it just doesn't feel quite as polished even though the pixel art looks gorgeous like the everything else about like single screen level design puzzles are there but it's like there's just something about it that just feels like it's from an era when like I don't know. It was a little bit more. Oh God, I feel so fucking old. Like punk rock making an indie game. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what well, like, indie game on imagine? mobile, especially too. You made your own game. Like that. Yeah, it was uh, kind of like that though. It was. It was like the Wild West for it a was. minute. You know, it was like, hey, if you can get an indie hit, you're a, maybe not a millionaire, but maybe a millionaire. You know, yeah. if you get a Super Meat Boy on your hands yeah. or something like yeah. that. You know, some of those mobile games. I mean, people made bank, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's funny that you mentioned, well, not necessarily funny because we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but uh, since you mentioned Faerun, uh, the developer of that one, Skipmore, they've made a ton of really cool games uh, over the years. And I ended up just stumbling on like, I, th- I think it was just like on their Twitter page. I ended up stumbling on this game that they released for mobile. Although I think you could play it on PC as well. Uh, but I just saw like this tweet and it was like, oh, you can had a link right on it. So I clicked it and I was like, oh, you can play it right in your browser. And it's like this like side scrolling uh, kind of puzzle dungeon crawler. It was called uh, Momono Slayer or I think possibly Monster Slayer is what it said in the tweet. But like the actual like logo said Momono Slayer, if I'm pronouncing that right. But it's basically you just have this like little it's got kind of like a cool like it definitely looks a little bit like a mobile game. It's from 2009, but had really tight, solid controls like you control it all by either swiping left or right. And it's kind of more like, a, you know, you can't jump or anything, but it's kind of like a Monster Boy-esque mm. aesthetic and layout. More low res than that, but you just kind of like have a sword that's like sticking out in front of you that yeah. like basically if you don't press anything, you're just stationary when you get to a new screen. And it just kind of like as you exit like the screen left or right, again, it's just side scrolling. But if you like exit the screen, it'll then shift to the next screen and then you just... You'll be stationary and then you swipe left, right to walk left or right and then up or down to go up a ladder. Just tap to do like a quick stop. But it was just such a cool little like puzzly dungeon crawler. Like, again, you just got to be like it's all about timing, like making sure that you like fall down and like are facing the right direction to like because, again, you're not attacking enemies. You're just walking into them with your swords sticking out. So it's all about like waiting till they get cornered or whatever and then just charging them or whatever. But I don't know. It's just such a charming little like almost like Game Boy Color aesthetic game, but just, I don't know, played like 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, man, I kind of miss this era of just these little like mobile games. I don't know if it was ever available for purchase or whatever, but it just, I don't know. It had this like retro nostalgic charm to it. And I never really played games on 
mo- on mobile much, but like for whatever reason, I was like getting really nostalgic playing it and like kept thinking, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm done. And then I just kept like, nah, but I, I think I had found more because you find there was a few little puzzles like you pick up a torch and then you got to light this thing. It opens up a new passageway like it just the way the whole game was structured and kind of like you looped back around to solve more puzzles. It was just, I don't know, really tightly designed little game. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm nostalgic for that era uh, <laughs> because I do think like just the baseline level quality is so much higher these days. But like, yeah, I was yeah. thinking a lot about like, oh, like just the the tools that everybody has access to is so much better than the tools that were available at the time. Like, yeah, it's yep. night and day, like similar to like when I listen to like any electronic artist nowadays and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you are everything just sounds baseline so much better than it did like 10 years ago, just because like the equipment is so much like more easily accessible and like people have solved a lot of the issues that like existed back then. So there's, there's some, there's an era of growing pains and I am very grateful for the that we made it through. Yeah. The efforts (laughs) made back then so that we can have the quality that we have now. (laughs) That's actually, that's really a great analogy too. Cause I feel like, you know, if you hear older, you know, and music that's made with electronic devices, like you can almost just like, oh, it's electronica. It all kind of sounds the same because it like had an aesthetic to it almost. But now it's like you can make music digitally and have it sound like absolutely anything. Like oh, it's yeah. not like it doesn't mean anything just because it was made digitally. You know, it doesn't mean anything about the overall like sound. So that, that's a pretty great analogy, I think. So many side note, but so many of our like lead guitarist friends have ditched their entire pedal boards for like <laughs> an all multi effects digital pedal board because yeah. there's zero difference basically at this huh. point between yeah. like the analog and digital reproductions. Yeah, it's all about just like the collectability's sake, sort of. I mean, it's just like, oh, I want to have that like vintage pedal, but like you can really create some pretty awesome stuff with just software plugins and yep. whatever these days. It's pretty nuts. It's wild. Future yeah. is weird. Yeah, wild, wild <laughs> yes, west all over again. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't know. Any uh anything else before we uh wrap things up this week, guys? Yeah, um, just that the I, holidays. Yeah, that's nice. true. Yeah. It's like, I yeah. kind of don't, I, I'm, I miss the, the wild west of it all just a little bit in that sometimes games or concepts can get a little homogenized while they get perfected to some yes. degree, right? Yeah. There were some other ideas that we just, we might've left behind without like fully exploring them. I, I just want to make sure we don't lose some of those things over time, but you know, I, <laughs> there's plenty of artists in different mediums that also feel that way, obviously. I mean, yeah, no, I, are there any particular games or whatever that come to mind or just uh, just in general? Because no. I, I do know what you're saying for sure. Yeah, just the concept of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was uh, a separate conversation. I don't remember who I had this with recently where it's like we have iterated on every idea so many times and it's so granularly that like it is yeah. now more possible to find something that resonates you like so like one-to-one with your desires but because yeah. of like the sheer volume of it it has become that much harder to Gosh, find that exactly yeah, it's like it exists it? and it's yeah. almost more frustrating because you're like i know it's paw. out there like i know you, there's the perfect game or the perfect band point. out there for me yeah mm-hmm. but i can't find it 
Ugh. Real time. Ugh. The struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, that's a great point. That's a great point. But yeah, I think we can uh, wrap it up there for this week. And uh, yeah, like uh, Randall mentioned, we'll probably be uh, getting into our holiday wrap up episode uh, next week or at least very soon. Mm-hmm. If it's not next week, maybe there'll be a save it for the cast uh, wedged in between there somewhere. But uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, wrap it up there. And as always, you can find us on the Internet at pursuingpixels.com and pretty much everywhere else. And otherwise, we'll catch you next week and take care. Bye. Bye bye. Hey man, it it is what it is sometimes. Even going back to some of the retro stuff, I mean, yeah. That's why I've leaned into more indie stuff these days. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's still plenty of awesome retro games, but there are many times I go fire up a game and I'm like, "Oh man, this is not as good as I remember it." Even the cl- even the games I love. No, that's totally I'm fair. Like, man, this one's rough around no, I, the edges. I, honestly, I kind of agree with you where like and I know we've kind of mentioned that before where like indie games have supplanted that urge or that like that missing piece that didn't exist for a good 10, 15 year span there. Um, you know, now, now all the indie games have been, you know, built on the backs and were inspired by a lot of those retro things, but are just better. Yeah. Yeah, Just like, Hey, what if those games didn't have all those limitations and all the rough edges and stuff? Yeah. Um, Speaking of, man, I've been I've been putting a little more time into Panzer Paladin. I'm coming around on that game a little more like not that I was I was probably the most positive out of us. But like (laughs) I played the other day and I played like three levels and like didn't get a single game over beat three levels like it must be nice. I was like, man, I'm pretty good at (laughs) this game now. Good at video games. Wow. (laughs) Doesn't get a game over. How nice. <laughs> I still definitely feel like all the stuff that we talked about, like the complaints on it, but I was like, okay, I must have just like been a little off the first day I was playing and like having some struggles. Like it it's not anywhere near as good as it looks like it is. Like it looks amazing and then when you play it, it's like, okay, it's just kind of a generic yeah. retro game. But like I am having fun with it, it again. It but does it, have a lot of charm. Like Yes. Yeah, but but a lot of that charm is the presentation. I yes. can't deny that. Like, I do want to just see like what the enemies look like or what the worlds yeah. look like, or levels look like. Like, that's half the appeal of the, the enemy game, AI. Is very fun. Like, I just like seeing a new enemy type and being like, "What is this guy deal? How is he gonna mm-hmm. kill yeah, me?" Yeah, yeah. Because the first few <laughs> enemies they show are just kind of like they're just marching right into you, like like just drones, you know, or yeah. droids. And then, like, after that, like, oh, wait, this guy's throwing a little wrench into the mix mm-hmm. or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking for That was the first thing. I was like, oh, let me just test some capture footage just to make sure this thing's working. And I ended up, I was, like, played for, like, an hour or so. And I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of sucked back. I thought I was done with this game, and now I'm sucked back into it. Hey, that's so, good. interesting. <laughs>